when a less than really spiritual transaction is taking place in the name of the, the Guru Parampara or, or Diksha and so forth. This is an unfortunate um, circumstance. And apparently it was somewhat uh, uh, widespread, especially in the lineages of, of uh, householder disciples of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, like Advaita or Nityananda Prabhu. And I think in Bengal, particularly, the Nityananda Paribar was really um, thought to be a, a problem by uh, Bhakti Sanatha on the part of Bhaktisanta Sarasthi Thakura, where there was a lot of abuse and so forth of, uh, and the selling, more or less, of, of the diksha. So, so when, if, if that becomes a situation, then if Madhurya Rasa is, is, is the highest thing, then we want to have that in our lineage, too. Hmm? And so if you can, look, you can look historically, can you see some of these um, lineages that were started by the Dwadasagopals, the associates of Nityananda Prabhu, they changed. Suddenly, their 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 patron saint uh, had, besides his um, his Gopas Rup, he had a Manjaris Rup as well. Suddenly, hmm? and you know, just just common people they don't know any better, and and and, uh, and the literature is not readily available. It's kept by a few people. There are no printing presses and. And so on and so forth. So um, it's a little easier to dupe people uh, religiously um, in those times. And uh, and uh, you know, I mean, how they thought about it entirely. I, I'm making it sound pretty bad, and I think it is ultimately. But there's probably it's a little um, mixed. Um, some good intentions and so forth. But at any rate, it's kind of a an intellectual kind of sleight of hand at, at, at best. And so these, mar- these, these Sakya-Rasa lineages became marginalized because they were less marketable. Hmm? Um, and we can see that, it, that the, the idea, if we present it, of the Manjari Bhav will be very attractive and the highest thing, and everybody wants the highest thing. And this is the point that Rupa Goswami makes. Everybody wants the highest thing. That's the natural, oh, that's the best uh, that you know you've got. So I want the best, but we see that they don't all want the best. So why? Hmm? He says because of, because of some past, because of the, the particular sadhu sangha, and after all, that whatever is the best for each one, that 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 is the best. So, this book, Prayabhakti Rasa, serves as evidence from I don't know it was a couple hundred years ago or something uh, uh, of a um, a very alive and vibrant lineage. Of Sakurasa, the book constitutes largely a reiteration of the third uh, chapter, third division of the um, Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu that deals with Prayobhakti or or Sakurasa, and um, he goes through all the different um, sections of that and and some original work too, um, original songs and. Uh, um, for, for different times of the day, and an interesting um, astakal eightfold daily meditation that corresponds with uh, with um, Sakiras. And they were he, he, the author Nayananda, I think his name was Nayananda Thakur. He was in the lineage of um, one of the Dwadasa Gopals. I forget his name, but he was the the, the in Gorlila 
He was the manifestation of Sudam, one of Krishna's, uh, Balaram, Krishna Balaram's uh, 12 associates. So it's a very insightful um, book. Very, it's kind of a, a manual, if you will, a hand, handbook for bhajan and, and um, the kind of, um, I want to say, um, um, focused um, pursuit of, of uh, Sakirasa. So, um, yeah, I think it's a, it's a very important book. Uh, I came across it quite a few years ago, maybe more than 20 years ago, and I think there are some various editions, uh, kind of uh, not very well published, and uh, was translated by a godbrother of mine who did a number of translations. So I think it's, um, yeah, it's a good book. Um, but now I, I, I guess I haven't quoted it. Um, maybe I've mentioned it at times. I've given a lot of lectures, so as you know. <laughs> so, um, but uh, yeah, it's it's it's. Uh, uh, I remember Balavatirtha Maharaj was presented to him, and he was very much impressed that from that you know point of view, uh, also historical document uh, of one of the very uh, interesting aspect of um, Gaudiya Vaishnavism. Hmm. And of course, Prabhupada had a very powerful, um, was powerfully um, influenced in that way. I mean, that was his own, his own statements are very very strong and numerous in, in that regard. Um, um, affinity for, for such. Um, so, yeah, maybe it should be um, published. I think in, in some ways the translation was a little bit f- frivolous in places, some of the way that, that some of the language, um, but, uh, but, but, but accurate. Hmm. Accurate, nonetheless. I mean, it mostly follows Bhakti Rasmarita Sindhu, but there are original songs in there that are very beautiful, in, all in, in Sakirasa. And um, it has an appendix also of, I don't know, 108 Gopal's names taken from, I don't know, maybe from, um, what was that book I had you translate one time? Gopal, yeah, I'm not sure if those names were in there. So it's, I mean, it's an important document. Um, another godbrother of mine who has a very uh, much of a, um, a um, I want to say, uh, affinity for this sentiment, um, found another book um, similar, different book, but but similar. It support it was supportive in the same way, historically as evidence. Some a um, description of different parts of the of, of Krishna Leela, all looking at it from that pers- that perspective. Um, he was supposed to give it to me, but I haven't received it. It's been years now. <laughs> he hasn't given that to me. But uh, yeah, Prayo Bhakti Rasa, mm. 
he wrote another book too, Nainananda Thakur Bhakti Rasarnava, I think, which is different, but um, a very qualified Vaishnav author. Hmm? So these, these are, this, I mean, it's very, we find uh, Krishnadas Kaviraj has paid tribute to the deities of his book, Gora Nityananda Prabhu. And uh, Vrindavan Das, of course, is in the sentiment of uh, Cowherd himself. And you, you find that in, very strongly in his book, uh, Chaitanya Bhagavat. Even while it tends to present a more broader picture of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu as the Yuga avatar, you can find very strongly also his, his sentiments in there in the Navadvip Leela. So, um, can't keep a good thing down, I guess. <laughs> it does re- re- resurface. What else? Does that help? Yeah. Yes. That's a good question. Um, uh, socially engaged spirituality will certainly be a more popular one um, than 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 one that's not <laughs> socially engaged. Buddhism has, has really caused it to flourish, and uh, I mean, the Buddha was sitting under the the banyan tree for enlightenment and so forth, and. Uh, um, they've taken a lot of liberty, I think, with the uh, Westerners in particular, with the tradition of Buddhism to interface it with modern psychology and socially uh, make it socially engaged in in by extending, I guess, the idea of right livelihood and and um, and uh, compassionate living and and so on and so forth. Um, Prabhupada was fond of emphasizing the, the idea that um, that compassion, hmm, which is very much, I think, at the heart of being socially engaged. You want to improve the world and the plight of others, and and so on and so forth. Um, f- uh, f- proper compre- compre- compassion proper was that compassion that um, served to uh, um, tender to the plight of the atma of the soul if you will and um, thereby make a comprehensive solution to its problems many of which would be seen as symptoms of their disease hunger for example well you're never going to solve hunger by feeding people. They're going to be hungry, you know, in a couple hours. Um, and so the solution, the deeper solution, of course, is to uh, share with them um, 
insight about the larger picture and the predicament that they're in and tender to that and and so on and so forth. And so he made a concerted effort to, em- to emphasize that. Hmm. I think that has um, value to get that uh, point uh, in place. Um, the example of saving the dress of a drowning person uh, is is sometimes invoked. A uh, person drowns and you bring back their dress. Well, you know, you haven't done much. So compassion for the, for the self it, itself. Um, this is real compassion, the full face of compassion. So he would make this point, and I, and I, I think it's a, it's a good point, it's a valid point, it's an important point. Um, Pujapad Sridharmarsh once told the story of how he was stationed as a, uh, in Madras in South India, and um, they were charged with trying to establish a, a, a monastery there, a moth, a, a center, a temple, and so forth. So um, they would try to raise funds from the people, and they went to the king of Madras to ask for a donation for starting a center. So the secretary of the t- king, uh, this was quite a long time ago, when there were kings in India, and um, the secretary entertained their proposal, and he said, yes, well, we need temples. This is a very good idea, so I'm going to put you on the list here, and... Um, you know, we'll, we'll talk to the king. We're very much appreciative. So time went by, and um, you know, nothing was happening. So Shridhar uh, said, well, "Let's go back and see the king again, and see if we can't um, get pushed up in the queue or something like that." And so uh, they met with the secretary, and he said, "Yes, yes, yes. Um, uh, you're on the list, and and all but the the fact of them is we have other imp- more important things to do we have a hospital to open here and we have you know whatever soup kitchen over here we need and, and these type of things and and so she said at that time i realized we were at the bottom of the list hmm. and i had nothing to lose hmm. so when you you know when you you, you try to in, involve people in something like Krishna consciousness, you have to kind of reason how much they're interested and and speak to them accordingly and so forth. So he realized, well, I have nothing to lose. We're not going to get anything here anyway, so I might as well come out with it and make the point. And this is the point that he made. He quoted actually the, one of the concluding verses from Ras Panchajai, the Rasalila, the five chapters that are the center of the whole Srimad Bhagavatam, where it reaches its, its, uh, its apex, its zenith. Um, he said, uh, what, um, what is that verse? Shadhan um, Bhattanu, when I, what is it? Vikriditam Vajabadu Biridam Chavishnu Shadhan Bhattam Nushanaya Dattavarnayat. Sukadev was questioned by the king that, Raj, like, how is it that we need to insert this amazing um, Leela, but it's problematic that Krishna, who is the, the very bridge of Dharma that we can, you know, walk on, um, supportive of Dharma, here he is conducting himself in ways that are otherwise considered adharmic. Hmm? With the, he's going with the, the wives of the husbands of the Braj, Brajabadu. 
idam ca vishnum hmm. uh, so how are we to understand this so this is how Sukhade, one of the couple statements that Sukadev made in response and he, he said you should understand that hearing about with faith hmm? yeah, if you hear with faith from, from the proper sources that will arouse, who can have the, have the capacity to arouse, to awaken divine faith, hmm? then this will be properly understood. And it, the effect of it is these stories about Krishna running with the gopis is so powerful that that bhakti will come into your heart where where there's a... and, and cure the, the hridrogam ashvahinoti achirena dhira very quickly it will cure the disease, the hridrog, the disease of the heart, which is lust, calm, desire, hmm? which is what the Krishna's Leela with the gopis looks like it's all about. Hmm? So it, it, will, it will rid the heart of such. It, it is so powerful. Hmm? Um, and so he quoted this verse, hmm? And um, he said that that you know people. Um, he said you've eaten as an elephant. An elephant requires like two hundred pounds of food a day. Hmm? In 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 previous life, he went through like a list like this. Over lives, you've eaten, and hunger is still there. I guess hunger was at the top of the list, or something like that. Uh, it will never be solved, and so forth. The problem is, the disease is, hmm, this hridrogam. You've got a heart disease, hmm, and this has to be cured. And what we're talking about, that's what we're about. We're for that. We should be at the top of the list, he said. Hmm? Uh, once he told, uh, and he said he had nothing to lose, so he just like came out with everything. And he got the donation donation for the month, so uh, <laughs> from the king's secretary. So uh, good, good, good point he raised with real conviction and so forth. He once told us, "Why shall I go here and there hmm, to tender to um, this need or that need? When if I sit here, so many people will come and sit around me, and they want to be fed in this way." Hmm? So somebody has to feed people that have this level of interest to make a comprehensive solution to the problems of life. Prabhupada used to say that not everyone needs a guru. Hmm? Only those who want to make a comprehensive solution to life. And so this is a, you know, kind of a serious business, this is the idea. Um, and so it's important, I think, to make this emphasis. Hmm? Now, at the same time, um, to take it to the other side, one of my god brothers was once standing on the balcony of the rented temple of, um, uh, of Iskon in Calcutta. We used to have a rented temple. This was years and years ago. With, uh, and Prabhupada was on the balcony. And down below, there were a couple of beggars. And one of them had, like, no hand. And... Um, you know, and that was that was good for begging. I mean, it could even be such that the parents would cut off one hand of one of the children to, to make 
help make a living. They were poor people. And so this devotee turned to, to Prabhupada and said, Prabhupada, you know, sometimes I feel sorry for these people. And what he was meant to say, I know it's wrong. I shouldn't. Um, because it's just a symptom and the real disease is something else. And, you know, so I, you know, I'm confessing to you that I'm in Maya. (laughs) And I actually feel sorry for them sometimes. And Prabhupada turned to him and said, why only sometimes? (laughs) Hmm? So uh, that side was there too. Uh, I was with Prabhupada on a number of occasions where... uh, where where he would uh, where someone in the, in, would he'd stop at the light in Delhi and beggars would come up and probably would make sure we all gave you know, donation. Hmm? He says you're from America, you have a lot of money, and you should give something to these people and so forth. They're poor. Hmm? So I think he he wanted to emphasize this point strongly for good for good reason, and that this should be our main um, focus. And emphasis at the same time in the orbit of our lives, there are opportunities where we can that arise where we can lend a helping hand. And the shadow, if you will, of the light of compassion is, you know, well, also to be tendered to if it is not kind of at the cost of hmm, or takes us out of the orbit of effectively engaging ourselves in a, in a way to bring about a comprehensive solution. Now, that said, um, I think Prabhupada's statement about not everybody needs a guru is true, but um, he also initiated a lot of people. And we see that sometimes they're serious and sometimes the material nature is, is strong and it's difficult them, for them to be seriously engaged. And there's a stage even in bhakti where, the, where anishta, Budget decree where the practices, you know, there's a learning curve and there are ups and downs and so on and so forth. Um, and so that implies that at, at times the devotee may have more intense um, engagement and concern uh, for his spiritual or her spiritual progress, and at other times um, more uh, distracted and so forth. Um, so the you know you need to work with your mind instead of trying to work against your mind that's not going to work and so there um, uh, may be places to step back and and uh, do something good um, give somewhere serve and so forth and so to, and then to extend that I mean uh, I think that um, there must be ways to harmonize both. Hmm? And be involved in some, perhaps some level of social. Um, what did you call it? Social. Social engagement. Social, yeah. Socially, yeah, it's a good term, right? Uh, socially engaged bhakti that 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 helps the world in other levels and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's a good example because obviously when you serve prasadam, you also feed people. Mm-hmm. Um, so there may be other things also, and I would say it, it depends a little bit on the uh, on the devotee. Um, I don't think it's necessarily a, a bad thing to be socially 
active Vaishnava, if that's your preoccupation. Hmm? If you're not that interested and you're more, you're, if you, but, but you feel for the pain of others, but you are more interested in and capable of being focused on a comprehensive solution for yourself, which will be beneficial for others as well, fine. But if you're not, then um, you've got to do something, hmm? right? Um, you have to have an occupation, a relationship, a family, or whatnot. And so Prabhupada would also say as well, you know, if, you, if you're going to be a doctor, you should be the best doctor for Krishna. So people think, just see, he's the best doctor. And, and what makes you tick, Dr. Das? And he says, because I get up in the morning and I chant my japa. <laughs> you know, something like that. In other words, Prabhupada's idea was that for householders, for example, as opposed to monastics, whose situation is different, that they would be engaged in all walks of life and that they would be very successful in those walks of life, that they would be ideal in those walks of life to the extent that people would turn to them and, as I say, want to know what, you know, what makes them tick, so to speak. And then, and then, they, would, then they would reply, not that they would go to work and try to convince everybody that they should be a devotee, but, that, but, that, but their example would cause people to inquire. Hmm? Um, he, was, he very much emphasized this point, as Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, that we should teach by example, which speaks louder than precept, as they say in English. Um, so, so why not with social activism the same way? If that is the orbit that you're... you know, Like, for example, if you... Um, Go on the Facebook, you know, you have all these devotees are on Facebook, and you see, you know, at least 80% of them are preoccupied with some form of what's going on in the world. It's hard to get away with what's going on. There was a time when I was in ISKCON, I didn't know who the President of the United States was. <laughs> we were so, you know, absorbed. But then there was an internet and just, you know, being bombarded with, it's hard to avoid, you know, who won the Super Bowl, you know, practically, even if you're not from America or something, you know. Uh, and it's not your sport. It's like there's just so much information. It's hard not to be a little tuned into um, what's going on and the, and the sense that something's just about to happen. That the news can something. It's the best drama you know on the television is the news. Something's just about to happen, and it's always like that. And it's just all more of the same, pretty much. And and uh, to get you going to the next day and uh, and so forth. But but at any rate. Um, uh, I see the devotees are pretty preoccupied uh, and distracted by, and they they have naturally a compassion, and they in their own way they they want to make the world better. Of course, there are liberal devotees and, and there are conservative ones too, and they fight with one another over what would be the best social, you know, activism and, and so forth. So it's a sea of relativity. We're we, you know we're back to that, but I think that um, it would be interesting to, to think constructively about a socially engaged form of um, Vaishnavism. I think that it could be... Um, but you, you're, you're, you're troubled, again, by the fact that there's, you know, there's, there's two ways to go about everything. You know? Whether you want... I mean, I don't know... You know say, take some political issue for the United States, so there's always two sides, or from, from anywhere, there's always two sides. So how can you get all the Vaishnavas to have different thinking about it to... But at any rate, I, I think that there, there could be a place for that. And, and with regard to prasadam distribution, of course, 
Well, this is uh, uh, very ideal. This is this is both things at the same time. Hmm? And there are some people I heard about this that were criticizing the um, food for life program. I would call them very like um, right wing fundamentalist, um, you know, Gaudiya Vaishnavs. Um, and I would avoid though, that 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 kind of thinking. Um, it's un- it's unfortunate that it exists, in my opinion, um, in the name of Gaudiya Vaishnavism. There are other things that go along with that that group who's so um, adamant about that. If, if you if you follow their line of reasoning, it's it's quite um, um, well. It's not progressive at all. Let's put it like that. It's very kind of backward and. It, it constitutes a very kind of literal um, um, understanding of, of, the, of the teachings um, that's problematic. So, yeah, I think that, that Prashadam distribution probably was very fond of the idea. Hmm? Um, um, he, he, he wanted all of it. In fact, when I joined, I was, um, uh, I was um, married you know, my wife was pregnant. I was about 20, 22 years old, and um, and Prabhupada taught us that 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 um, at the after every meal that you cook at home, you should go outside and announce that prasadam, and anybody in the neighborhood who wants to come and eat, they should come and eat from, and then whatever left over you would eat. I used to do that. <laughs> uh, they were all neighbors were devotees, but. <laughs> They all had something. Like, mostly we ate at the temple, but um, sometimes there was some cooking. I, I didn't stay in that situation for too long. It's a long story. Um, but um, so, you know, that was his uh, spirit about it. He was very, very fond of the idea of prashadam distribution. He, he, used, he used to uh, be very happy to know that when he, he would put these festivals on in Mayapur every year in Vrindavan. But Ma- Mayapur was a huge aspect of it was this prashadam distribution of thousands and thousands of Bengalis and had all his devotees from Australia bringing this uh, Australian ghee um, over from Australia which, because he could, it was hard to get pure ghee in India. You would get this buffalo ghee instead of cow ghee. And so he had every, every devotee would bring like a gallon of ghee or something like that over and, and on the trip. You know, they sell it, you know. I mean, he, was, he would just be so like, animated by that, you know, we're cooking, and it's all, everything cooked in ghee, and we're distributing to all the Bengalis, and, and so forth. The only thing he didn't, they would come in sometimes like this, with a little fish underneath it, so they would mix in with the rice, you know, so they had to be checked at the door. You cannot bring any fish in. In Bengal, that's called the Ganga Fall, you know, the, the fruit of the Ganga. <laughs> They're the big fish eaters. <laughs> so, that fruit you can't eat here. That's the only rule. So he was very fond of that. And um, well, the interesting thing about that, that group that, that um, and I heard about this, that is so against that, um, that the way I heard it was this one fellow, he, was, he, he, he told his guru that he considered himself a chatriya from a psychological, psychophysiological point of view, this is a this is a you know division of the Varna and Ashram antiquated system. Um, 
that really is about psychological balance and the importance to have psychological balance and both feet on the ground materially so that you're really capable or in a better position to jump up and touch the stars of Krishna consciousness. Um, so, at any rate, he said he, he was a Chatriya, and Chatriyas, they were very much involved in welfare work, like kings, you know, would would build roads and, you know, do things for the public. That's how he's thinking of himself. So he, he wrote to his guru and he, that he wanted to be part of this food distribution program and extend it in a way um, that involved a more socially engaged form of Vaishnavism. And then the, 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 the so-called gurus would chastised him for it, said it was, was um, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't Shuddha Bhakti and so forth. And uh, uh, that it was a distraction, this is, uh, social welfare and so forth. And I found it very interesting because the same guru was advocating Varnashram, <laughs> that there should be Varnashram. So if you're going to say you want Varnashram, then this guy's talking about Varnashram. He wants to be engaged according to Varnashram and be a king and do welfare work. It's not Shuddha Bhakti is the point. Varnashram is not Shuddha Bhakti. It's not. And I mean, it's, it's, it's not, period, practically. It's not even available <laughs> in the full form, but some people take some shadow idea of it and so forth and, and think to resurrect it and, you know, Chhatri has learned some martial arts or something like that, you know. But anyway, it was contradictory. I, I, I thought that if you want to advocate Varnashram and then your, one of your students says, I'm a Chhatri and I want to do welfare work, and you tell them, no, you got to do Shuddha Bhakti. That's <laughs> contradictory. So anyway, this is... Not Varnashram, this is Shuddha Bhakti. That's the other thing. Distributing prasadam is surely Shuddha Bhakti. That is, uh, you couldn't do, a, in one sense, a more direct, um, more directly engaged people and at the same time um, tender to their material needs. So it's very ideal. In fact, we'll t- discuss this a little bit tomorrow as I think of it because it, we were just starting to get into that. We read the first verse where or the next day, well, you won't be here. But, yeah, when Agasura enters in to the, into the equation of the Leela, and you know, he personifies something that is the antithesis of what Bhaktivinoda Thakur considered the essence of Dharma. The essence of Dharma was Krishna Nam, Jiva Doi, Sarva Dharma Sar. The Sar, the essence of Dharma is Krishna Nam means chanting the holy name of Krishna and showing kindness to jivas. Hmm? It means for their needs. And jiva here does not mean, actually it does not mean just engaging them in Shuddha Bhakti. Just for example, one example of, of jiva is that is that we, we, don't, um, we don't eat um, animals. Hmm? They're innocent, so we, we don't um, we can you know live without eating them. So so we don't. Is that engaging them in Shuddha Bhakti? No, it's actually Jiva hmm? uh, It's 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 so people think sometimes. Well, Jiva means only you know doing Shuddha Bhakti and teaching people, like I said earlier, about the, the plight of the Jiva, and in helping them 
to progress spiritually and telling them about that and so forth and telling them that, that you know, I've got a solution to your hunger here. You know, it's permanent to fast for a while and get over it. <laughs> you know, the fact is, otherwise, Jiva Doya means being kind to other Jivas. Hmm? And he said, so from his perspective, you could play that out and you could very much come up with a socially engaged form of, uh, of Vaishnavism that uh, that would popularize the the, the sect and tradition. Hmm? But uh, there are very, you know, kind of um, persons um, involved in the dispensation of Mahaprabhu that have difficulty thinking outside of the box. And so you come up with these very um, narrow um, interpretations. And then the next thing you know, you hear the unfortunate circumstance that the guru is no longer a guru. That has happened with another one. So um, in that uh, group, so it's unfortunate. Hmm. What else? Yes. Um, Jiva is superior, uh, according to Gita. What is superior? Uh, Jiva. Jiva. Yeah, spiritual nature is superior, uh, according to Gita, but it's still controlled by the material nature. Mm. Yeah, so sometimes it's really difficult to understand it. Right. Hmm? Right. But um, to say that the jiva is superior to jiva shakti to maya shakti is not to say everything about the jiva that's said either. Hmm? You emphasize that point. That point can be made. Yes, it's superior. In certain ways, it is superior. That's true. It it animates, if you will, by lending its own life and animation to the inanimate. The inanimate appears to take on a life. Hmm? But I've given an example before that um, that it's possible that you could be you could turn on a machine and a machine could take over your life. The TV is a good example of television. So it requires a person, a viewer, to turn on the television to give it meaning, but the television could take over the viewer's um, life. And there are people like that. I mean, they just become addicted to the, to the television, or you turn on the computer, and then, you know, like you have these virtual realities, games and things like that. And there are children, young people, who maybe adults too, I don't know. But... It's a problem amongst some youth, in, I've heard, in the United States, and they, they're, they're like addicted, and they're like living in this virtual reality on the computer, and it's actually causing psychological you know, problems for them, and they're not growing up properly and acclimating to the, to the real world. I guess in there you can make the world the way you want and so forth, but that's not the way the real world works, so it would be rather problematic. So that's another, uh, perhaps, example that there would be no you know, computer animation if there wasn't someone turning on the animation, but that nonetheless that the glare of that, the glitter of that, the show of that could take over um, one's life. So what this says to us 
is that is it's a it's a big like kind of caveat that yes the jiva is superior to matter that's why we say what if anything in this world most resembles god hmm? we would say us hmm? we most resemble god in that we are consciousness hmm? Hmm? um you know like you say lila I, if you delete, if you define Leela as divine play, hmm? then okay, what is divine? Well, divine means that which is supernatural, hmm? and that's what we are. We're supernatural. We are a unit of experiential reality. Okay, and experience doesn't come out of non-experience. Mad, there's a non-experiencing phenomenon, existence, and exist, experiencing is so different, obviously, from non-experiencing. There's no way that uh, you can make the argument <laughs> that experiencing can come out of non-experiencing. People like to think that that's possible, but um, it really doesn't make a lot of sense. An experiencing reality, a unit of, of, of experiencing reality, cannot come out of a non-experiencing reality. Hmm? We are a unit of experiencing reality. So matter on the other side is something to be experienced to some extent, and it's controlled by time and space. It's confined by time and space. So if we are in a unit of experiencing reality, that can't be derived from non-experiencing reality. It means we're different than from the from the non-experiencing reality, and we're not confined by time and space, hmm? which the non-experiencing reality is. So that makes us eternal. Time is not a factor for us. Hmm? Schrodinger said is you know something quite similar. Um, before what did he say? Before and after there. They're just uh, anticipations and reflections um, of the exist of the what that which is ever existing. Hmm? So that means there's no time for us. Hmm? We have no beginning. So, um, so we're divine. Hmm? If Leela is divine play, and we want to find out what divine means, divine means supernatural, and we're supernatural. So f- that sounds great. But then we go further, it's divine play, and we find that despite the fact that we've just explained that we're, super, we're supernatural or we're divine, we're not playing very much. We seem to be working a lot and struggling. We wouldn't consider our lives to be play. Hmm? We're struggling with the idea or the appearance that our existence is, is threatened. Hmm? And it's a perception. So... Although we're we're superior and we can make that point, that's not everything that you can say about the jiva. Hmm? You look more closely; it's supernatural, but it's very small at the same time, and and atomic, let's say. And although it's divine, it finds itself in situations that don't constitute play. Karma is the realm of of work. I O I O. They say. So off to work I go. Hmm? 
There's like a you know a bumper sticker like that for your car. Um, so this is material life. The jiva is tata, tatasta. That means it can function as a taker or it can function as a giver. Hmm? Or at least an illusion of taking, which is really a reality of losing. <laughs> um, because the more we take, the more we owe, and, and so on. So hmm, we have to just look practically. And we can say, yes, definitely, the jiva is superior to matter. Hmm? But that's not everything. There's more to it than that. And so it can function in relation to matter, and that's kind of a malfunction. It can malfunction. It can function in a way that's not in its real interest. It's a unit of will, so that also has gives uh, means some, some choice, maybe there in the matter. Choice for matter. You have the choice for bhakti. You have the choice for matter. Every minute we're making the choice. Hmm? So, so you know, you, you play it out further, then you see that uh, the, the entirety of the description of the jiva, then it makes sense, our conditioned situation. Hmm? And, of course, if we then, you know, to further pursue the, the idea of what is Leela, then we have to come to divinity that's playing. Hmm? And this is the position. This is this is this is the idea of Krishna hmm? playing, and that play can come into our life. Insight about that, attraction for that, so forth. That will be the end of our work. Hmm? That will mean um, that is Krishna. I mean, whose only playing is all powerful, as I've often said. He doesn't look like the all powerful God, but look more closely. If you have to, if you want to play, you have to have power. You want to take a vacation, you have to have some money in the bank. That's power. So the Godhead who is depicted as only playing, that is all-powerful Godhead. And what is the power? Hmm? Power of affection, power of love. And he shares that. That's what bhakti is, the sharing of that, which is kind of more of what we are about in potential as units of eternity, knowing and loving. Hmm? Bhakti is a huge installment of of of, of being, knowing and loving. Hmm? Sandini, Sambit, Hladini. Hmm? When that makes ingress into the into the jiva then you know, then it, then that turns off the you know the machine, the television so to speak. It's very easy because you've got something better. Hmm? You see, if you get absorbed, you, then there's no question of falling down. There's no question of it. You have a taste. You, you can't, if you have a better taste, you, you don't take a lower taste. Raso Vajram, Raso Piyasya, Param Dushtva today. So this is the key. You have to become absorbed enough that you can have the taste consistently. Hmm? And so, so the plight of the jiva, yeah. Hmm. He's Satchit Ananda, but that's derived Satchit Ananda, not the full face of being, knowing, and loving. Hmm? You know, you have light, and with light you have also shadow. Hmm? And so some light, there's some light in the shadow, right? 
Where light causes a shadow, hmm? there may be a shadow, still there's some light, it's diffused light, it's not direct light. So our position in material life is something like that. Hmm? And if you bring the luminous uh, srupa shakti into the picture, then the clouds are dispelled, hmm? shadows are gone. Hmm? It has the power to overwhelm Krishna, what to speak of, dispel the, the cloud of maya. That's sec- very secondary. But the, the ananda of the jiva is very marginal. It's, uh, it doesn't have that power. Hmm? If, it, if you have a fire and you have sparks coming out, hmm? is the spark going to give you heat in the cold night? Is the spark going to light the night for you? Well, yeah, I mean, but not very much. Hmm? You know, you're going you're gonna to think you're, you're still in the dark, right? So the jiva doesn't have that power to dispel the darkness of maya, but it's superior to maya. Hmm? But because it doesn't have the power to dispel the darkness of maya, of maya hmm? then it can live in the darkness. And it, in and of itself, it doesn't provide enough light to necessarily understand uh, its, its own potential. Hmm? You've got a spark that flies off in the night from the fire and, you know, there it is in the dark. Hmm? That What is its connection with the fire to, to make that? I mean, it needs some help, something like that. Hmm? It's a dependent entity. Hmm? The jiva is paraprakriti, or the jiva is an aparaparusha. Something like that. Hmm? It's looked as an amsa, and it's looked at prakriti, but from both sides. Hmm? Different ways of talking about it, but in either case, it's small. It's you're, you're talking about the fact that it's para prakriti. It's there's nat matter, prakriti, and then there's the para prakriti. Aparayam mitastanyam prakriti medi vidime param jiva bhuta mahabaho yairam daryate jagat. The jiva is sustaining the world. Hmm? How can something that's sustaining the world be overwhelmed by the world? Hmm? We're trying to explain that. Yeah. We are, that's for sure. We know that. Hmm. What else? Yes. I had a question about praying for relief in hard times. For example, if I'm in ignorance, the only thing I can do sometimes is praying for help. And I don't know exactly where to direct these uh, prayers because I often pray to Krishna. But as I say, Krishna is absorbed, fully absorbed in his viva. Mm-hmm. But also I th- talk, think sometimes I should pray to my spiritual master. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of weird to pray to someone who's in his physical body, for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe I should pray to Lord Nityananda or whatever. All good. Mm. So, wh- whatever works for you, um, so to speak. Uh, and when we say, I think the devotees have a little bit of a some thinking that, well, we shouldn't pray for material things. Hmm? That's a very low idea, to pray for material things. Um, you know, God, give me my bread. You know, we want to pray, you know, 
we're going to please Krishna. We don't want to engage Krishna in our our service and so forth. So devotees tend to like shy away from that or think it's a problem and so forth. But it, but but you're a devotee, hmm? so you should think I'm a de- I'm your devotee. I need help. <laughs> Uh, Krishna likes to serve his devotees. I mean, in a higher sense, the devotees don't want to take service from Krishna, but you may not be high devotee. Hmm? So, um, therefore, it's recommended. Yes, you should pray to Krishna, pray to Guru, pray to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, hmm? uh, for anything. Hmm? Whatever it is, you'll be better off. Because, why? Hmm? Because you'll be developing the tendency to take shelter of Krishna and Guru. You'll get a some scar for that. So I say, oh, Guru Dave, it's so problematic, my life. If only I had a little more money, I could do a lot better. And I could give a donation, too, <laughs> uh, <laughs> to the mission, you know. And I, I would like to, but I mean, like, you know, something like that. So, you know, yeah, it's, it's uh, if you pray like that, or I'm just suffering, you know, my mind is troubling me. You pray for that. What what you really get out of that, as I said, is the samskar for bhakti. For you want this tendency to develop within you for always taking shelter of Krishna for anything and everything, hmm? because that's the reality of the devotees. They are dependent on Krishna for anything and everything. They are gopatvevaranamtato. They completely think Krishna is my maintainer. I've given myself to you. Now you've got to take care of me. Hmm? I would like to clarify one thing. I I. I I was not meaning to uh, pray for something material, mm-hmm. but to live from the ignorance. Well, that's that's spiritual, but yeah, but um, that's good. Mm-hmm. And um, and um, you know, as you feel, yeah. But even I'm just giving even a broader idea. So what to speak of for that? Yeah. Um, so however you feel more comfortable, I would, myself, um, I would, uh, I tended to pray to Prabhupada and Nityananda Prabhu when I was your age, that kind of, um, for those types of things, hmm, to, in a stage of um, culturing Sharanagati, hmm? up to Ruchi. We want to build a stage of, of Sharanagati, of, of surrender. That stage that the drama of Krishna Leela will, will manifest in the heart, that has to be built up. So this is, this is the preoccupation of sadhana. And sadhana, sadhana, vandanam, prayers, are... Um, predominantly, um, characteristically, prayers for submission. Increase my faith. May I, let me take shelter. Control my mind. Give my mind to control my senses. This is the characteristic uh, of the prayers in sadhana. When you come to higher stage of sadhana, ruchi, asakti, you start to go in the other direction, towards bhava, where... Prayers are characteristically longing, hmm? longing for uh, for the relation the relationship that's developed or developing to 
to fructify and, and, and so forth. And then, of course, there's some overlapping because in sadhana also we have some longing hmm? Hmm? At, uh, at times, but the, the more that this, the sharanagati is in place, the more the longing will actually be effective and fruitful. And that's what Bhaktisiddhanta meant when he would say things like first deserve, then, then desire, something like that. Hmm? I'm desiring a relationship with Krishna, but then, you know, I'm, I'm preoccupying myself in, in ways that would be inappropriate for that, something like that. So, so in, in Sadhana Bhakti, it was my, would be, I would always, um, when I was younger, then I would, just thinking about it as you bring it up, I would always pray to Prabhupada and, and Nityananda Prabhu hmm, for their, their blessing. That's pretty smart, actually, now that I think about it. <laughs> the Prabhu is very powerful to, to bless, and the Guru is, is, of course, there's nowhere, no way in which Krishna is more manifest in our lives hmm, than uh, in, the, in the person of Sri Guru. What else? Another question? Yes. About uh, like Aham, I, I mean, it's uh, it very important. So uh, we should take care of it. That from from there everything starts. And uh, and in, on the other hand, we should get rid of this Aham in the sense that it's actually materially speaking, it's kind of manifestation of ego that binds us here. And another aspect of it. But this aham is a little bit connected with some kind of selfishness. That that's one like aspect of the question, and the other aspect is about taking and giving. Uh, taking, like how can you give without taking? Uh, if you don't take anything, you have nothing to give. Uh, like two things and translation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, uh, with regard to um, the I, um, the, the point that I've been making in, in one sense is that, the, that I am, I'm speaking about an existential um, identity as a, as a first-person, a unit of first-person experiential reality, hmm? an atma. Hmm? There, that is one thing. That is one I am. Um, you could look at it like this. There's an I and then there's a me, let's say. Hmm? The I is what I am and the me is what I'm not. Hmm? Uh, let's look at it like that. So with the word me, now I'm referring to the, to the ahankar, the made ego. Hmm? The, the I am is not made in one sense. Hmm? It's eternal. There's a made-up one, a construct we call it me. Okay? Or or instead of I am, I am Polish. I am Polish, that's a construct. Okay? So that was born at a certain time, that will end at a certain time. That's the false ego that has to be dismantled. Right? Hmm? You understand? Yeah, but there's one thing, because ego, it's kind of a yeah. very subtle matter. Yeah. In a sense. Yeah. So it's still kind of, uh, let's say, solid. 
it's not like something imaginary. Mm-hmm. Yes? <coughs> so. Yeah, yeah, so. This, so this, the, right, in which? Well, 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 I want to go on. There's I and then there's me, let's say, or there's there I am and there's I am Polish. Hmm? So, so I am Polish is the is the is the false ego. Now, inside that false ego, is a psychological ego. I mean, ego is it's not the best word to use, but there's a, uh, there's a psychological disposition and so on and so forth. And and um, my point was that that psychological ego, the more healthy that is. Hmm? The better position one is in to to um, dissect and dismantle the I am Polish sense of identity, and of course we, that is done in the context of bhakti, wherein I'm establishing an identity like I am a gopi, for example, uh, and 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 um, and you're coming to know I am and. I am a gopi, which is is more. It's on the other side. So uh, I don't know if I'm answering your question entirely, but I think it's it's understandable that um, when I say that you want to have as much as you as much as you want to have a healthy body. Is there any rule against that? Okay. Okay. No rule against having a healthy body. Uh, it might even be a good idea. Okay. Um, then what about your psyche? You know, because, because our, our material identity has is, is, is got two sides to it, psychic dimension and the physical dimension. So to have a healthy psyche, hmm? no rule against that. Hmm? It's, it's, not, it's not maya. Hmm? Uh-huh. Well, yeah. You have to know your boundaries. You, you, you know, like I said, we, we're supposed to tolerate like a tree, hmm? but we're also supposed to find also supposed to find a favorable environment for our bhakti. So inside that, you tolerate. You don't just tolerate anything. Right, right. So we're also charged to find a favorable environment, good sadhu sangha, and so on and so forth. Hmm? Um, and that includes all types of things. It's for different, for different types of people. Some people are going to need a bigger house. Some people are going to need a smaller house. They have different psychology and so forth. Hmm? And then, then the idea is that within that environment that's favorable, rather than working against your mind, you're working kind of with your mind, hmm? then you're, you... you, you um, dissect, if you will, or you, you, you dismantle, and that's this whole spiritual sadhana, hmm? the, the, the false ego. Hmm? That's, a sad, that's sadhana, that's a transrational exercise. Hmm? That's different than the psychological exercise of having a healthy psychology hmm? so that you're not neurotic and you don't misunderstand the teachings and take them in extreme ways and then find it doesn't work, and and and, and you, you you can't be involved, and so forth. Hmm? So uh, that's another thing. That's more like to like like I said, the essence of the Varnashram idea is you have some balance in your life. So the beginning of the Vedanta is like okay, atato dharma jignasu, inquire about dharma. Hmm? 
get yourself situated with balance, materially speaking, and then and you're in a better position to Brahma Jignasu, inquire about, about Brahman and, and Rasa Jignasu. Of course, if you have Sadhu Sangha, this is, this, is, this is good and it's also the problem. Immediately you start inquiring about Rasa, Rasa Jignasu, because you've got that kind of association. But then that Rasic teacher has to also tell us, yes, you inquire about Rasa and inquire about it in such a way that the lower things are also coming into place. That's important. The heart will have to be cleansed. That there be some. Therefore, you can find the great teachers. They want to see that you have material balance and so forth, because they know without the, how you'll be able to practice. They're concerned about that. So, so to have some healthy psychology, and you know, just like you take aspirin or you have a headache or something, or maybe you don't, but you do some. You know, the, you treat your body within reason. You also. You, of course, you don't. It's not just a question of perfecting your psychology. That's another. This, that's just Rajaguna. You know, you just, you just always trying to material improvement, material improvement, material improvement. You're like always making. It's going to be a tall building, so I got to have the foundation. It's going to be bigger. It's going to be taller. And it's, it's going to be really tall. And it's just keep building a foundation down here. It, it never goes up. So that's a problem too. It's not that, but by any type of Psychological um, uh, introspection and emotional work on yourself, or something like that, that you're going to uh, transcend hmm, altogether your ego. That's a transrational, your, your material down. That's a transrational exercise. It's, it's sadhana. But you'll be uh, within reason. If this is your sadhaka deha. Guru's given you a body for practice. You take care of it the psychic dimension and the physical dimension. And engage it in service. So is it just like common sense things in, in, in a sense? They're lost on on a lot of times on, on Western people where a, a tradition from the East is coming, and it sounds great, and I'll jump in there and grab it, and 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 then it's not working for everybody. It's, it's not. And you see someone who's who's born in that culture, they take it a little differently, and they're 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 not beating themselves up all the time, and and so forth, and. And they're they're also thinking it might take a while, you know, but this is what life's for. It's it's his purpose, and so on. Um, You know, there's advantages to both sides. You get someone, for example, born in India, and you you tell them all these things, and they might not get so excited. They get excited to some level, and and but you know they want to just. I'll go slowly. That's okay. I'm going a little slow. Yes, yes, yes. They can hear about renunciation and everything. They go, yes, yes, very nice, very nice. But it's not for me. <laughs> they think like that. You know, they don't have a problem hearing it. And then we hear it and we think, God, I've got to, I've got to do that right now. You know, I've got to rush in. You know, and I, I, he said it. It makes sense. I've got to do it. I've got to. I, can I pay with a credit card? <laughs> you know, can I? Something like that. It's our have it now, you know, kind of kind of thing. And that has its advantages too, because it does get people involved and they can get some experience and Nard says, you know, go for it. And even if you stumble, well you're better off. At least you tried, you know, and you had some experience and you know it's really there. Hmm? 
you had sadhu sangha, you, tr- you, you tried, and you, of course it doesn't feel like that when you're stumbling and so forth, but this is the broad, you know, view of anarda and so forth, you know. He tried, he slipped, he fell, but anyway, he tried, and he's further along. He gets up from where he is and goes on from there. So those sides, you know, they have their advantages. We need some kind of, you know, make a blend, something like that. Hmm? You follow? So, so, so we had to, yes, we, we want to um, be, um, you know, there's a, there's, a, there's a place for being good to yourself, so to speak, that's not narcissistic, hmm? that makes sense, that, 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 that constitutes understanding what you are as an entity, materially speaking, and the lines are not blurred and you're not confused about it. And then, then you can function in terms of what you want to do which is, you know, to pursue bhakti. Hmm? If those lines aren't clear, then it's, it's who are we talking to? You, know, you don't even know who you are or what you are and, and, and so forth. And, and you let other people override you in, in ways that, you know, you can't... Who am I talking to? Who am I, you know, it's a, so that's uh, important. But, but it's not to the point of... We're not advocating, advocating some form of narcissism. I would call it like a shadow of... The self-love that that is—I mean, the, the the self is the object of love in the world, as I've oftentimes said. Hmm? The, the ananda of the jiv means Jiva Goswami writes it in Bhakti and in Paramatma Sundarma that the self is an object of love, the object of love in this world. Hmm? It's what's lovable. Hmm? We're even of ananda. We're lovable. That's esoterically speaking, spiritually speaking, the shadow of that, I would say then, is that, you know, you're lovable as a, as, as a, as a human being, as a person, um, and so, you know, you hear, in, for example, in popular psychology, ideas like, be good to yourself, or love yourself, or something like that, you know, have you told yourself you're good, you know, you know do it sometimes, or something like I mean, it sounds weird in some ways, and it sounds like very narcissistic and so forth. But, but it's a—it seems to be, and it can be abused, but a corrective, and and improperly done. What constitutes a shadow of loving the self as the Atma, which is lovable. Why? Because, and this comes in the Brahma Mohan Lila, the next chapter, the self is lovable because the self is part and parcel of Bhagwan. Krishna, hmm? who's the perfect object of love. And, you know, your material situation is not entirely such because you have a sadhaka deha, you have a spiritual body um, in, in progress, a work in progress, so to speak. So I like to say, not that you're not the body, you are your body, you are your sadhaka deha. That's a whole different focus. Hmm? If I say you're not the body, then, I mean, a Westerner can take it like, all right, I should I should stop sleeping. That's the teaching. It is. I don't need sleep. Hmm? I'm an atma. That's illusion to think that. Hmm? And then you get sleep deprivation, and then it used to be in Iskon, and the the it's Sankirtan van would crash on the road, you know, because he's he's fallen asleep hmm? at four in the morning. I'll go, you know, to some book distribution place or something. Um, and Prabhupada's going, do these people have any common sense? <laughs> you know? 
Krishna consciousness like common sense. So, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uncommon. It's uncommon. That's common sense. So, um, so if you see, I am this body. This is my guru-given body, sadaka deha. It has a physical and psychic dimension, and I should, I should, I should understand it, use it properly, um, and 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 it, it's it's lovable. Hmm? Hmm? I mean, you love other devotees, right? So they love you. So it's only you that doesn't love you. You're you're not. <laughs> you're all, you should love yourself too, within reason. I mean, it, it, you know, like you say, you can be proud to be a humble devotee of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. <laughs> it's, uh, something like that. You need a healthy, healthy psychology. Hmm? So now, what was the p- other question? It was about uh, taking. Hmm. How can you? How can you give if you don't take? Yeah. 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 The uh, you've seen Krishna. Um, surrounded by cows, right? Hmm? Mm-hmm. So the meaning, among other things, is that cows personify or embody giving hmm? because they eat grass and grass grows even in concrete, practically. Hmm? You understand? It, 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 you know, it grows, it just grows. Hmm? So it's free. I mean, it's really not free to raise a cow, but I mean, this is just the idea. Hmm? That's the way the world's set up, unfortunately, but it, it should be. So the grass is growing, the cow grazes on the grass, and, and it gives milk, such a valuable commodity. Hmm? So the balance is so great in relation to its taking and in its giving that it's seen to be, you know, the, the embodiment of giving. Hmm? What do you get from milk for grass? It's like, you've got to be kidding. It's a giveaway. It's a gift. Hmm? All you want is some grass, and you're going to give me milk, and with milk I can you know, make butter and ghee and sacrifices and whatever, um, and be nourished and, and so on. Hmm? Cheese. And so, so Krishna is surrounded by cows, Hmm? It's 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 Golok, hmm? and there's a moat of milk around that that place. Hmm? Milk means affection. That's what it means. Cow's affection for the calf. Hmm? The cow is giving affectionately. So Krishna is surrounded by givers. They're only giving. But now your question is: Well, if they only give, who's going to take care of them? Mm-hmm. And, and and if they only give, then and they don't take, how are they going to have anything to give? Mm-hmm. Right? That's just the idea. Something like that. Mm-hmm. Of course, who's going to take care of you if you only give? That's the answer is in one word, Gopal. Mm-hmm. The cow is in there. He's the, he's the pal. He's the protector of the cows. He takes care. It means if you give, he will take care of you. Yoga, chemam, vaham, yaham. I take care of them. Personally, this is his idea. Now, if you only give, your question was also not who will take care of you, but how will you have anything to give because you're not taking? Mm-hmm. Because in reality, the giving is the receiving. That's easy to say, but difficult to understand. Mm-hmm. It really is. It really is. Life is 
really proceeds mystically hmm? and irrationally or transrationally because rationally speaking, it would appear that if, and that's how you're saying it, if I give, I've got less. That's math, right? Unless I'm taken over here, hmm? I can't be giving over here without ending up for less. So if, if the, by math, by logic, hmm, if I give, I'm going to have less, right? But the fact of the matter is that our experience in life is that when we give, we have more, if we really give. Hmm? And giving requires, well, to get the full experience of giving, you have to give without expectation of getting, and you have to give it where it can be fully taken. Hmm? But any semblance of that, even, hmm? if you give, you, be, you, 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 you become more. The more that you are becomes apparent. Hmm? It's just a fact. You can't hold, up, hold it up and say, look, I gave and now I've got this over here. But people can see it in you. She's got more. Hmm? She's a giver. Hmm? And, and so it's mysterious. It's mystical. It's transrational. You, giving is really the getting. Hmm? So there's no running out. Hmm? It's not like that. It's like, let's say you put money in the bank. Okay? And you think, I've got to keep putting money in the bank. Well, aren't you ever going to take any out? How are you going to live? Right? No, just keep giving money, keep giving money, keep giving money in the bank. Keep getting... And then after a while, they start sending you money. Interest. You got all this interest. It's coming. It's, it's, you're, you're giving to the bank, but your money is increasing. It's not staying the same. Of course, in this economy, it may be different. <laughs> but in the Krishna economy, hmm, you give to Krishna... And, and your, your bank balance is increasing. Hmm? You're actually building, when you, when you give in Bhakti, you're actually building a house in, 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 in a place where there's no death. Hmm? You're actually purchasing real estate there. Hmm? You live on the dividends of that giving. So you have to understand this point. Giving is getting, so there's no, there's no limit to what you, what you can give. What's there to give? I and mean, we're not talking about. You can start by giving things that you think are yours and that, that define you. Hmm? And by letting go of them, of course, then you can be redefi- you can redefine yourself. You can get a better picture on what you really are and what your potential is. Um, then, uh, but it's the art. Yoga is the art of giving. Uh, giving is is what love is about. Hmm? And love is full, it's complete, and it, know, it, transcend, it knows no reason. Hmm? It doesn't make sense, it's not supposed to. <laughs> That's good, it's not supposed to. I mean, it does to a point, but, but, but it doesn't. But, but, but you look, just like I was thinking today that if, if, um, that if I was to say to someone that by my involvement in Gaudiya Vaishnavism, I experience that I'm eternal. How would I explain that to somebody? Swami, um, what have you gotten out of this? You know, you could say, well, I know that I'm eternal to start with. And now, can you explain that? It's like, no. <laughs> you can't explain that. What is that? You know, how can you explain what it's like to be, to know that you're eternal? Well, how do you know that you are? I know. <laughs> I've experienced it. 
what can how can you you know explain that that's, that's and so you know there are things that transcend reason there are other ways of knowing and they're comprehensive by reason you'll never know comprehensively hmm? that's the whole problem with it <laughs> so they put reason on the altar as the western world has is 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 um it's like voodoo or something. It's not a good form of worship. It's it's a problem. Does that help? Yeah, I, I thought also about uh, about the gurus because uh, they, I mean, gurus are kind of like giving people. You, know, you give. Yeah, yeah. And uh, when you, like, uh, where, where do you charge your batteries? You you, <laughs> you still keep on taking like from Krishna from Abhijit. Your guru, and how you do that? Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. advice. <laughs> well, it's actually, I, I I don't think I. So you want to know what I do to charge my battery, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like a self-charging battery. It actually works pretty good. My experience is that in giving, like for example, if you want to call this a giving, I'm giving my feeling to you, my understanding, my realization, trying to articulate that logically and patiently and asking your questions and trying to clarify and so forth. So this is a form of giving, right? Now you're wondering where I will get charged up from doing that. My experience has been there is no place where I have gotten more um, recharge than in the context of of doing this, (laughs) of preaching. That is the most... So, that's how it works. But sometimes I have to close the door. And, uh, a little time to myself. <laughs> okay, so it's nice to sit with you all this evening. And tomorrow, tomorrow, we change the schedule, right? Little di- little diversion is good. Yeah, and another small diversion. We have a picture now. We'll take it oh, okay. out out there, so everyone after we're finished can move move out in, in the front in front of the bar. We'll take it there. Okay. Jai Sri Bhakti Bhavanta Swami Prabhupada Ki Jai Sri Bhakti Bhavanta Swami Maharaj Ki Jai Bhakti Siddhanta Sarasthi Thakur Prabhupada Ki Jai Sri Bhakti Binod Paribar Ki Jai Gaur Bhakti Binda Ki Jai Gaur Premanandi Gaur Premanandi Gaur Premanandi